Hey, welcome to the Circle of Salt, podcast where we use our snark to protect the occult community from itself and others. Circle of Salt is brought to you by Felix Warren, aka Dot Ass, and Rune Emerson, aka Name Redacted. So, just so you know, <laughs> Circle of Salt's website is at circleofsaltpodcast.tumblr.com. That's where you can go for updates about the podcast and to ask us questions as well as to find links to our blogs. If you like Circle of Salt, it would be great if you would review us on iTunes or your other podcast listening app of choice and tell your friends and neighbors about this cool podcast and awesome um, information that you find out from it and neat stories that you learn from us and all that stuff. And if you don't like this podcast, I don't... How did you get here? Why are you here? Shh, go, go. Keep it secret, keep it safe. That's right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, now it's time for our first installment, I guess. <laughs> like, actually, like, how are you doing, Felix? How's everything going? Uh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's November, so. So that will actually be, like, part of that will wrap into my assault but basically yeah um part of part of my salt will be about how it being november i am currently involved in a spiritual retreat it is the, it is near the end of november now it's the last sunday in november which means i'm almost done with the spiritual retreat and if you've ever been on a month-long spiritual retreat you know that towards the end you um have um reached a certain point beyond which no words can describe. I'm going to assume that what you are saying is similar to like when you take a long vacation and you're just like, I'm ready to be home now. It's less like a vacation and... But or like an of, ordeal. You know when you are you have like the flu for two weeks and like there's a certain point during it where you're like, oh, you know, I've like been able to like stay out and like kind of just like take care of myself. But then towards the end of it, like the very end, you're like, oh my god, the only thing that encompasses my life is the flu now. Oh, well that I want sucks. to go be a human again. It's like that except with spiritual stuff. Instead of flu symptoms. I've been infected with spirits for a month. That, there's a cream for that. <laughs> I think they call that a flying ointment, but okay. <laughs> I think that is the opposite of a solution to your spirit infection. <laughs> the flying ointment, I would say more like let's just get you a nice grounding ointment. It's like why do you what like maybe if I just fly out and go somewhere else that the oh. spirits will join me over there. They're trying to join me where I am, but See, I need to just go where they are. Uh, I think we need to make an ointment to counter flying ointments and to counter spirit infection called no fly zone. I like it. <laughs> All right. Today's dish of salt, as you may have noticed, is brought to you by Felix in our uh, first installment, Hekas Hekas Este Bullshit. The title of this dish of salt is that's a fucking secret it is that's a fucking secret yeah okay so um part of the thing about a spiritual retreat that you'll uh find or any like um long work of magic or spirit work that is that when you're inside of it and you're doing it and you're you haven't actually finished the thing yet Mm. it is still in media res um while it's still happening, there's certain things you can't talk about. 
Um, it's very, very annoying because, like, there's certain times where um, I can't make certain plans with people because it's like, oh, yeah, um, there's some spirit stuff happening right now that I'm working on, but it's at a certain level I can't really talk about other, like, about it to other people at all. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for... For that duration, I'm basically either able to make up very clever excuses or coming off as a flake. See, you know, I, I like I know this is your dish, but like seriously, I feel this. I know um, you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you were privy to a lot of the stuff I was going through with my Artemisia work, and oh uh, god, it was so exhausting. And like, I would end up with all of this really cool stuff, and the only thing I could do is be like, like anytime I would try to like talk to people. I would come out of my little, like, spooky cave and be like, so, can't really talk about literally anything that's been happening, but I do have an interesting question. How do you feel about umbrellas? You know, just weird shit, just like, um, so do you think that peanut butter and jelly should go together, or, and people are like, what kind of random, there is a reason, I'm just not allowed to discuss it. <laughs> Yeah, I I have, I, and I like I have trouble talking about it even now because I'm still in it. Yes. Um, and so I was like glad, like I knew that you would have some other things to share about this salt to be able to back me up because I part of the reason why I decided to do this salt during the retreat is because I want people to understand this is how it is. This isn't just like something that people complain about that isn't like a really big deal. It's not something that people make a big deal about but there's there's not really anything happening. It's like a, a real thing. Like secrets keep themselves. They really do. Actually did I talk on this podcast about the pact that Mike Coven follows about discretion and what happens when things kind of try to break it. I don't remember if you talked about that on that on on this podcast. I, but I know that w what y'all do is also something I've experienced outside <laughs> of what y'all do. So um, I want to explain this to people because it sounds like such a role playing like mechanic. It's just like such a weird thing. So magic keeps its secrets. And I, I kind of want everybody to know that, but I also want everyone to know that if magic is it, magic is going to try to keep its secrets, and if you happen to not be willing to keep its secrets, magic will find a way to keep its secrets around you, and you probably won't enjoy the outcome. Um, one of the uh, things that, that my coven follows, I, I'm a part of a coven tradition known as the Cabal of Nocturne, and we're like one of like five covens all over the country so it's kind of small but um our one of our rules is discretion and we'll talk a little bit more about like oaths and pacts and things like that but just ours is discretion and one of the things that we swear it for is because it helps protect us as well it helps us keep our stuff hidden so that people can't discover stuff that we don't want them to discover um you know like every like everyone's birth names and stuff my husband's transgender and that kind of thing it's just a whole bunch of things but it's really funny when people come snooping around and they come butt their heads up against the magic of discretion that surrounds my life. Like, people can't find my house. Um, even if they've been invited, it, it's a tosser on whether they'll actually make it here in a timely fashion. But um, they can't find it. If they haven't been invited, there's no fucking way. We will just vanish from their brain. But, like, even when people have come into my home and sat down and were talking to me about various different little things... Um, 
the pact will sometimes erase entire conversations including their entire visit from their mind if something has been said that they weren't supposed to know about or if they witnessed something that they weren't supposed to know about it's just sort of like out comes k with a flashy thingy and yes. the next thing you know, they've lost a day. Um, I've actually had people comment on that particular subject and come to me later and been like, so I'm sorry I missed our appointment yesterday when they came over and hung out for three hours. And I'm kind of like, you don't remember coming over here. That's interesting. I've gotten used to it at this point, but it's very entertaining to me because it sort of reminds me of like uh, the the whole like um werewolf thing werewolf the apocalypse role-playing game wherein uh they people will just forget if they uh, i can't remember what it's called when the werewolves like show up and like the hysteria happens and it drives them all crazy and so like the the mortals freak out and run away and they just sort of forget what they saw mm. i love it I'm over here just kind of entertained as hell by it, and um, it's funny because it has other a- aspects and implications, but it, it can also be a major nuisance, like um, Mike didn't get his insurance from his work, for that's one of my husbands, uh, he didn't get his insurance from work because they filed his stuff and it would just get lost. He would file, his boss would file, everybody would file, he would. Ne- he never got his card. He doesn't work at that place anymore, um, but yeah, never got his benefits. He paid for them, never got them. Um, he got new plates for his car, and they never showed up in the mail. He did it three times, and they never showed up in the mail. I think he had to go, like, bend over backwards to make this shit happen at one point. It was just very weird, like... The kind of stuff, like, we're supposed to be a secret, I guess. So we're going to be a fucking secret, because that's a fucking secret. Whether we want it to be or not. Yeah, I mean, you and I have actually had conversations that you don't remember. I know! Because I was talking about something involving either something I was doing with an entity, probably something I was doing with the court, that apparently I was not supposed to talk about. And I forgot just cleaned that business up by just sweeping it up. Well, and you don't like, remember. Seriously, like some of the shit that I have forgotten while talking to you is stuff that's personal to me, stuff that I'm interested in. And I'm over here going, oh, I had this brand new idea. It's so cool and so new and so new. And like I bring it up with you and you're like, we talked about that already. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And. <laughs> Like, whenever I, I find out that somebody forgot and, like, they're close to me, then I'm like, okay, at some point, you'll probably remember again. It's just not time, apparently, for whatever it is that is the reason why you forgot this. Um, and, I, and I just kind of roll with it, because I've kind of learned to roll with it. But when it comes to, like, people who aren't really in my personal orbit, who don't, you know, maybe they're acquaintances or whatever, and, and they forget, like, I, I don't usually expect them to get it, it back because there's it, no it, reason it, for them to know yeah it's it's much less likely that there's a personal connection to the memory for them as well so i, I don't think it really has much much lasting impact but it's like it it's frustrating because sometimes i don't know something is a secret until i tell it right and then it just kind of oh i'm watching your eyes go blank as i say this to you fuck i shouldn't have shared that i've had the the eyes go blank thing i've also had the thing where i simply just can't talk about it 
Mm, like right. I'll, I'll try i'll have formulated the words like i literally have an entire out. sentence in my head and, and i cannot make my mouth form those you words. feel like you're having a stroke it's kind of like uh sophie from uh howl's moving castle you know the best part of that spell is you can't tell anyone about it <laughs> yeah and she's like tr- like <laughs> you just can't get it out exactly it's so funny i'm over and here going i know that feeling the the worst part though is that you can't even really make a, a distress signal that you can't get it out. Like you've got to find some way to put people at ease about the fact that you can't tell them what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And so, that's why I really suggest that if you have this happen to you often, you start surrounding yourself with people who understand this stuff. Yeah, I well, I I I think that is part of my message to people too. Like one of the things that has come up multiple times in my life on multiple occasions um, people will constantly ask me little questions about how I came out of the broom closet oh god yeah or they'll ask me things about like how it is I'm able to live the life that I'm living you know like I have to say that the life I live is to many people like kind of significant I, I teach magic and I read cards and I write witchcraft books for a living. This is literally all I do. This is my life. Um, And I make money for it. It's not a lot of money, but like I make money and then people kind of get confused about it and they come to me like, how do you do this? And like the first approach is kind of a skeptical confusion, like how, what, you've got to have another job or something. You know, you got to have like independently wealthy people funding you or something's going on are you running a cult what's going on and then later on they they go no he really is just doing this that's really all how does he do it i want to do that and then later they like the longer they keep company with me the more they realize no i don't make any goddamn money really i make money (laughs) but not that much both of my like three two out of the three of my husbands work day jobs so that Nate and I can actually do this for a living because without this, none of us would have a life that we wanted to live. So, like, we'd all be bored nine-to-fivers. Um, and that's kind of the thing, though. Like, they're, they ask me all these questions, and I'm like, you don't understand, I didn't really have an option. Like, I would get day jobs, and I would end up doing witchcraft at my day job. I would end up being the witch on campus. It, it's It's weird. It's it's been my experience that people with magic they eventually just live a life of magic and there's nothing to be said about it except it's going to happen so really you just need to accept that ahead of time and start preparing for it because magic keeps its own secrets yeah yeah like that that's that's basically been uh, a good deal of what i've been working on this month yeah that makes sense not learning per se because it's stuff I, i already knew this but like learning how right learning what it impacts like how much of my life it impacts and like you know where i am in terms of the everything's a secret and so who like you know which kind of people are going to be comfortable with me spectrum you know right that's big stuff to to think about that's like that's been you know a lot of what i've been thinking about this month well and you know like i kind of feel like the thing that people should take away from this part of the dish of our of our podcast is a yes this happens all the time no this is not something that only you are going through no this is not something that is like bizarre it's actually very commonplace the mysteries keep themselves and part of it has to do with the sort of delirium and like 
weird obsession that humans have in their nature towards um, paying attention to only things which are very strongly and firmly illuminated. I mean, they don't want to look at things unless it's in a circle of stuff they've already seen. Nobody wants to look at the unknown. It scares the crap out of them. If you have a draw towards the occult, towards the unknown, towards the mysterious and the mystical and the unexplainable and all that kind of stuff, you're automatically labeled as weird by these people and they start to distance themselves from you. So Felix is not whistling Dixie when he says, make friends with people who understand your your interests and your 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 involvement in it and understand that this will take them away from you and you away from them sometimes. Um, so one of my favorite authors, actually, one and a good friend of mine, um, uh, Steve Kenson, he wrote a whole bunch of um, stuff for Shadowrun. He's written like a bajillion things. Shadowrun is like my favorite novel set that he wrote. Um, like his fiction is great, but he also put together a like a, a gaming system um, called uh, Mutants and Masterminds. So for those of you who know that I'm involved in the geeky community, uh, Mutants and Masterminds is my favorite game that I didn't write myself. Um, and one of the books that was set out for the second edition of this was called the Book of Magic, and it explains that magical characters versus other kinds of superheroes in his universe, because it's a superhero video er, role-playing game. Um, you're playing a superhero. Magical superheroes are different from other kinds of superheroes because the way they gain their power involves them basically cracking the code and understanding the mystical secrets of the universe. So they end up like Doctor Strange, which means incredibly arrogant and aloof, and frustrating to talk to because the things that they're saying to you they're explaining things that are perfectly normal to them but they are incomprehensible to anyone else and it's not because they're smarter than you per se it's because they have a different experience of the universe than you do and their concerns and priorities are different than yours like you might think that the uh the abacaba gang is like super dangerous and they're running around like with nukes and shit and they're gonna blow up the city and you're like and this guy's like can't be bothered i'm busy trying to protect the world from an extra dimensional threat thank you goodbye <laughs> so it's like a completely different set of priorities magic users develop a, a, a an acquaintance with secrecy um and it's valuable for us to recognize that um that magicians have secrets because magicians are a part of a secret and it's kind of valuable for them to recognize that the rest of the world will not understand that secret. By definition, mysteries are things that cannot be understood unless they're explained, or unless they're experienced and they can't be explained. Um, so, by definition, what we're doing is completely incomprehensible to people who aren't also doing it. And that's, I mean, it's important for us to recognize that Grandma's not going to get it when we go home for Christmas and she says what have you done with your year and you say well I wrote a witchcraft book <laughs> um uh, <yeah. laughs> by the way I had that conversation so that's actually a, an anecdote anyways you know I love you how are you feeling how's the cancer you know that's <laughs> mm, it's awkward awkward conversations um don't be surprised by the distance and embrace it. Embrace that you are a part of a part of this world that many people do not ever get to see. And yes, it does create some distance between you and your friends and family, but it doesn't mean that you guys love each other less. It just means that there are parts of you that they won't understand. And that is okay because those things are not bad. And like, there's, there's always going to be parts of, of you that 
that people don't understand like yes. that having that is not a, a bad thing inherently and i think that's part of the the difficulty when it comes to the secrets and mysteries part of the occult um because i find a lot of people who who don't quite understand it or who just don't understand it yet yeah um and like there's i understand the um the kind of recoil or outrage that people will have whenever um you know some tradition or or institute or whatever is you know keeping a, a close lockdown on their material right and not not revealing what it is that they're all about or what their mysteries are to just anyone like you have to go in through an initiation and find out that way and proceed you know in that fashion and so sometimes um Sometimes things are obscured and and you put through a, a large amount of rigmarole for you to access simply because somebody is running a con. Like I've bumped sure. into some of those, but there are some things where their very nature just means that they have like they have to be experienced in a certain way through right. a, a you know a route of initiation that secrets can be kept about them and are kept about them um, because of their nature because of what they are and because like that's how their power is accessed and that is a part of of the craft and the occult um that not every time somebody is going out of their way to to keep a secret or or not let you find out something that um that doesn't mean that they're a, a crook or something um like sometimes secrets are just really sometimes they don't explain things, things because they can't and so yeah there's also that <laughs> Like sometimes, you know, somebody cannot give you an explanation, not just because they're they're oath bound, like you know, they they've they've said you know they've promised they won't talk about it, but also because you know, like we said, secrets keep themselves. So sometimes you're going to have somebody who cannot give you certain answers because those answers are not going to come out. Exactly. Um, and that does make it very awkward to enter the occult and to figure out where in the occult it is that you want to go because you do not know what the actual end point of a lot of uh, traditions and, and groups is going to be. Um, you simply do not know where that journey is going to take you. And it's uh, much more obscured than if you were trying to say, go into a, a career in the professional field. <laughs> Like, if you were going to get into um, some sort of enthusiast hobby, it would be much easier to figure out where that's going to take you. But in the occult, like, even the, the destination of where you're going to go, like, what this is ultimately going to take you to, what you're going to learn, even that is obscured in some way, and that's its very nature. So, you know, if you're entirely frustrated by secrets and mysteries and you don't like them at all, the occult is a very bad field for you because literally it's in the name that, like, you know, it's the field of the hidden. Um, literally, not... that's what occult means. It means yes. hidden. It's occulted. And it's not going to end with you unocculting everything. Well, and this is actually something that in this modern day a lot of people have a major objection to. Um, they've developed an entitlement towards knowledge. They have this idea that if it's something that someone can know, then it's something that they deserve to know. Um, and it's like we've always had this as part of our nature as human beings. We're busybodies. We're nosy. We're curious. We want to know about things. So sometimes it leads towards wonderful things like scientific discovery. Other times it leads towards things like, um, oh, meddling and snooping in other people's business. And as a person who both is very curious on a scientific level and also a meddlesome snoop, um, I, I, I have to just kind of be like, well, I understand your 
difficulty when I tell you that not only can I not tell this to you, but you will never know it. Ever. And that's just how it is. Um, I, I understand people's dis displeasure with that particular statement. And it's also something that I, I kind of worry about because magic thrives by unearthing mystical aspects of the world that cannot be seen in the light easily, that have to remain in the shadow for them to function properly. Um, it thrives in a realm of discretion. It thrives in a realm of secrecy. And a lot of people seem very interested in, um, well, misunderstanding what that's about you know so they either decide it's not necessary well there's no reason for anyone to have to keep any sort of a secret blah 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 which you were kind of talking about um there you know or they say things like well obviously that means that all of my stuff is going to be kept secret and by virtue of it being kept secret it is somehow better and i'm like it's not the secret that makes it powerful it's powerful and it is secret because it is powerful not the other way around it's not powerful because it's secret but, I mean, I try explaining that to anyone. <laughs> it is, well, that's it's the nature of a mystery. It has to be experienced. To be of, understood, exactly. So, I've just listened to. Uh, for those of you who are, like, just tuning in now, or for those of you I'm who, not sure how that works, because this is not a live podcast, by the way. Right. Good, good job on the people who just, turned in, who just tuned in now. You are very good at listening to podcasts. Mostly we're just talking to the CIA. Um, but anyways... <laughs> Um, to this particular segment we are now moving into is our discourse segment, aka Echo Chamber Azarak, where we talk about things that are totally true and totally interesting, and we're right and other people are wrong because the only people who have any right to control the narrative about anything is me and Felix. Um, <laughs> uh, today's discourse is undisclosed. That's right. So, that's all we're going to say. That's all we're saying. Undisclosed. The next 30 minutes is just static. And silence. And literally... But if you listen real hard, you can kind of hear the chittering of the Elder Gods. Yes, and um, if you listen too hard, then actual writing on your screen will appear, but will be immediately marked out by Sharpie. So. Now, the clever, clever listeners out there will have been noting every third word that we've been saying translates into a secret code, and once you actually... <laughs> Once you puzzle out that secret code, it gives you a special passphrase. And if you type that passphrase into whatever device that it is that you're listening to this podcast with, even if you've got an iPad classic, I'm sure you'll figure out a way to do it. Well, don't tell them if what you, happens. If you, if, you, if, you put that, if you put that code word in, then the next 30 minutes will not be static and you'll actually hear a podcast. All right? But that podcast is not, it's not the static that covers up the podcast that you'll be hearing. It will be literal static because we've been recording it for 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> there's a scientific way that it works, but it's also a mystery. It's and a if you'll just mystery. put your passcode in now, then you can start listening to the secret podcast that only you are allowed to hear. In case you haven't recognized what we're talking about today, obviously what we're dealing with here is the the practice of secrecy and some of the hilarity and ludicrosity that comes across because of it. Congratulations, listener! By the way, on correctly entering your passcode. Yes. Congratulations on <laughs> doing, totally doing that thing that, that Felix just said. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, so 
Felix and I have been kind of watching and observing how people like to discuss the craft, and one of the things that we love to do in in the subject of the occult, just all aspects of the occult, really, um, is explain things in a way that is not an explanation. Um, one thing that you should probably know about magicians in general is that uh, they that whole thing that stage magicians have about a true magician never reveals his secrets that actually came from occultism that came from when stage magicians and and performers and things like that um were semi-conflated with the actual practice of the occult and occultists actually did do flim flammery and trickery and stage illusion they would use flash powder and whatever to impress the lords that they served and so on and so forth in order to keep their jobs um so that whole magicians never tell their secrets yeah magicians don't tell their secrets because if they have to tell it then it's not going to help you um but what we're going to what we're going to do is talk a little bit about secrecy discretion oath binding stuff that kind of thing um because we want to and i actually kind of wanted to open with um a reading of something that comes from the night circus it's a novel by aaron morgenstern and it was kind of very a uh, very uh a very poetic and descriptive way of explaining uh what I understand to be an occultist approach to secrecy in, in magic. So it kind of goes like this. Secrets have power, and that power diminishes when they are shared, so they are best kept and kept well. Sharing secrets, real secrets, important ones, with even one other person will change them. Writing them down is worse, because who can tell how many eyes might see them inscribed on paper, no matter how careful you might be with the paper. So it's really best to keep your secrets when you have them for their own good as well as yours. Now the thing that they were implying, one of the parts of this book that they were explaining was there was a, a guy, a, a young boy telling a story where he was explaining basically the myth of Merlin and Nimue as an explanation as to why magicians were so secretive about their magic now. The whole idea was that Merlin taught Nimue because he was in love with her. And because he was in love with her, she had power over him. And so she was able to get him to tell her how to cast a spell that could perfectly trap a magician of such strength as himself. And stupidly, he did so, and then she used it on him. And so the whole idea is, if you don't keep your secrets, then someone will keep them for you, and they will use them on you. Now, I actually have a lot of friends in the occult community who are very secretive. They're very, um, they're very good at that whole smugly being silent and grinning, or just kind of Mona Lisa smiling at you as they have just finished a great thing, like what Felix was just talking about. They've just encountered a great mystery, and they've gone through it, and so now they're just going to sit there and smile and be smug. I mean, um, why go through a whole mystery and, and learn from it if you can't make sure that somebody else knows you did that? Right. Why not rub someone's nose in it if you have the opportunity? Um, I have a lot of friends who do this, though. Like, they're actually really good at the keeping secrets part. And I have found that we all of us end up having to learn how to navigate that particular form of social manipulation at some point. Practicing the craft for long enough teaches you to speak in half statements where you only reveal part of what it is that you're talking about so that others will 
the the, the foolish will believe that they understand everything. The uh, the your peers will be impressed by how much you know based on what you're not saying, and then the the knowledgeable will be willing to share some of their secrets in your ears because you've proven yourself. Does that kind of it's just kind of a like a language that people learn to speak, and it actually really really grates on my nerves. I I understand where you're going with that. I also like that that sounds like that's something that happens on a level where you've got a lot of people interacting. Yes. Like this is a very social well, level. Well, occultism is actually pretty social. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, because there aren't a lot of us and so we t- tend to band together and we tend to form little, you know, posses and groups and things and you know chew old soup about our our issues during high school and how upset we are about how awful the world is and all that kind of shit yeah i mean that's that's like a general pagan con right it kind of is um but like the thing that i run into with the whole secrecy language is it's like what it basically does is people don't understand that that their that their truth speaks their their truth telegraphs itself if you are keeping something secret um some of us some of us already know how to do this kind of thing like if you are sworn to secrecy about a particular subject and someone questions you properly you will give away the truth by what you don't say or how you don't say it for example i promise that i'm not going to tell everybody that um felix got a tattoo of um you know Dave Strider on his butt cheek and so I'm not going to tell anybody that and so one of my friends comes over and says Felix has been sitting weird did he get a tattoo on his butt cheek okay that implies that you already have an idea of what the answer is which actually happens more often than people think like nobody's stupid to the point where they can't perceive things and understand them to some degree um well you know you don't you usually keep friends with people who are at least as intelligent as you are um so that actually happens kind of often did he hurt himself or something to that effect i i have to say oh no i don't think he did but that already says i know something about the subject if i say oh no felix didn't hurt himself you know then people know that i know what happened to his butt (laughs) (laughs) and when they say did he get a tattoo on his butt cheek and I don't say anything at all. They're just the going to look at your yes. face. They, they will know from my face that the answer is yes. Uh, and when they say something to the effect of, um, are you are you lying? Well, uh, well, I don't. Um, but like if they, that's the thing. Lies don't make secrets easier to keep. So, because then you have to mislead someone in another direction and then they just stop trusting you. So secrets are a very big measure of social contract for people. They're a measure of how much integrity do you have? How much are you capable of interacting with other people and making them a priority to yourself? How loyal are you to them? That kind of thing. They're very big for social contracts. And I, I want to take that example, by the way. And, oh, good. And get a little bit more out of it. I want to um, take that example and frame it because seriously, now you need a tattoo of Dave Strider on your ass. Well, and now because of this episode everybody will always question whether it is there but (laughs) taking the example that you set up where someone's saying hey rune did like felix get a tattoo on his butt or something because he's sitting real weird every time he sits down um 
and for some reason this person is constantly watching my, my butt which i guess that's their right um i was gonna say honey that's not as odd as you think <laughs> <laughs> so you know they ask that you already know that they're pretty sure I got a tattoo on my butt. Maybe right, I know from what they asked info. that they're already kind of privy to the situation. So you know what part of this secret is not important to protect anymore. But you also know there's other parts of the secret this person could never know that you have no reason to go ahead and divulge. So there are some people who in response to that question would say, oh yeah, and it was a tattoo of Dave Strider. Like and would right. think like they would think that's totally okay because this person already knows I got a tattoo so not why not just say yeah it's a Dave Strider tattoo so but I can but the thing is you. I'm, I'm smart <laughs> enough to know that this person might have figured it out but they may not know what it is and yeah and that is the the true nature of so, the secret uh, no the true nature of the secret might be that but it also might be that I'm not supposed to confirm it. I'm not supposed to confirm. I've been told it's a secret, which means if they say something to the effect of, did he, da 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 da, and they give part of the secret, that could be that they're smart enough to figure it out, which means they're smarter than Felix's method of keeping a secret. And that means that my job as someone who is bound to the secret is to not explain at all. Exactly. You're not supposed to, to do anything else with this. So what I should be saying is something to the effect of, like, I should not acknowledge whether or not he has a tattoo. I should simply say, why do you think he has a tattoo? Or, you know, engage them in conversation that mis that misleads them or draws them away from it without perjuring myself or confessing the secret. I should be like, so what, what's your, what's your question? What, you why could are you also express me? some discomfort with them just randomly asking you about my Right, body. I can be like, that's a weird question to ask me. Uh, um, shouldn't you ask him? That's a, why are you asking me? That's not very nice. You know what I mean? There are lots of ways to do this. But anyway, um, so the whole, the, the, the reason that the occult community seems to have, in my opinion, a language of secrets is because we have learned that secrets are powerful, that they're valuable. We have learned yeah. that secrets have value. And like they said... And sometimes, the, like, we absolutely have to keep them, and there has to be some other... some way of us also keeping social contact with people. Right. And like they said in that little quote from what, like, Erin wrote in her book, um, sharing secrets, real secrets, important ones... Not everything is worthy of being a secret. Um, in my in my coven tradition, we have a, a practice where we swear each other to the practice of discretion. The idea is we promise to keep secrets so long as they need to remain secret. And the way you can tell is, does the cost of losing the secret outweigh the gain of confessing it and getting whatever you're going to get out of that? Because if not, you keep the secret. Your default is keep secrets just because you're one of those trolls who likes to keep secrets. And if this, this secret being told is worth the cost, then you should tell it. And only then. And only you are able to decide whether or not that is worth it to you. And you may prove out to be wrong, but at least you were trying to gauge that. The other meaning of the term discretion is at your discretion. It means by your will and when you think it is appropriate. Um, we have found that that has been a lot more effective um, in maintaining a sense of decorum and a sense of privacy in our practice. 
Um, we don't have people telling each other secrets. We don't have them gossiping behind each other's back and trying to maneuver so that they get the juicy gossip or the juicy information or whatever. They know that if it's being kept, it's being kept because it's not worth sharing at the moment. And sometimes it's because the secret's not really much of a secret. So, <laughs> we've learned that. You know, sometimes it's not worth sharing. It's not worth keeping either. But it, therefore, is not worth talking about. And then sometimes it's way too important to talk about right now. And learning how to say things like, I don't really feel comfortable with this conversation. I feel like you're prying. I feel like you're trying to da 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 Turn in the conversation so that people recognize that there's no reason for us to believe we have a right to full disclosure. Recognizing that nobody gets to have that right just from get-go. This is something that a lot of people lose, especially in the modern day with all of the new technology and, and convenience we have towards other people's information. Um, they say things like, and they've been saying this, you know, this is an old saying, they say things like, well, if you have nothing to hide, then you have nothing to fear. Um, I have something to hide. It's called everything that I want to hide. I don't care whether or not it's innocent to someone's judgment because my life doesn't belong to them. Magic especially helps that. And by the way, those of you who are worried that you're doing something or a part of something that is um, in some fashion going to get you in trouble if anyone finds out about it, learn a few concealment spells because magic will go out of its way to help keep you secret as you pursue it. I'd say that a concealment spell um, would be a good addition to anybody's defense systems if they don't have something like that yet. Really, really. Um, one of the earliest spells I ever learned was the spell of invisibility. Like, just do the spell. And this is one that people tinker with when they're early in their craft, from what I understand. They, mm -hmm. they tinker with the don't look at me spell. They tinker with the, uh, the someone else's problem effect or glamoring themselves so that they're disguised or you know silencing things and they have mixed results and it bothers them so they think it doesn't work at all um it works better if you stop thinking of it in my experience anyway if you stop thinking of it as a i want to see what happens um it's like that story about alistair crowley um which one the one where he's running around in the restaurant with his cloak in front of his face peering into people's faces and listening to their conversations and running around the restaurant and someone else is standing there going what is that man doing and the guy next to him goes oh don't mind him that's just alistair crowley he's being invisible again and literally it's just they've gotten used to him and so they just pretend he's not there because it's polite and british to do that and the idea was invisibility doesn't work if you're running around testing to see if it works um, I always tell people it's better for you to focus on this information remains only mine and anyone who comes close to it stops being able to experience it. You know, they, they go blind or they go crazy or they get confused and fuddled and they walk away. Whatever you want to do, however vicious you want to be with it. But you hide information and make it so that the effects that happen to people steer them away from it. That works better than focusing on yourself being clear or transparent or gray or boring. If you focus on your relation to the world instead of your nature, it's easier. That was a little tip for you. Um, if you want to cast a concealment spell, cast magic that makes things hard to perceive when you're looking at them. Make it so that people who try to read this book, the book doesn't even exist. They 
you know it makes them forget that it was there it makes them whatever it just keeps itself secret that kind of thing um if you want to keep yourself hidden make it so that anybody who tries to find out about you or look at you when they're doing this they fall asleep or whatever you just make it so that they don't look over here in the first place they're not interested in this space it's but not make a, a few dispensations to make sure that you don't like not get insurance unfortunately there is a cost to all spells if you cast a spell of invisibility around your car you might get hit yeah actually uh i have a friend who and you know who you are mm -hmm. um and may have actually talked about this on this show already actually uh making their car invisible to cops mm -hmm. um and getting hit by a cop mm -hmm. um and the, see, and the cop saying I, I swear i didn't see your car i prefer distraction spells when it comes to to traffic uh if you are going to be a problem for me then you end up going into another road somewhere you know, you you move, you change lanes suddenly. If a cop is going to try to, I don't know, fill their quota with me because we're going a little faster than normal, it's only barely, but everybody else is doing it, but they're going to pick on me, they pick on someone else because something distracts them so they have something else to do. It may disappear after a while. It might not last very long. I don't care. I focus on the result rather than on the mechanism. All I care about is that it does what I want with a minimal amount of like danger, and yeah, and so it might just fudge fade around or something to just right, make it and not happen. That's another thing. Like a lot of people get really nervous about witchcraft, and they get really nervous about spellcasting and doing magic that's gonna um, that causes a result without understanding how it comes about because they're afraid of the monkey's paw. Yeah, yeah, like the, the worst possible way it could possibly happen to make sure that you never do magic and you always feel bad about it. And I'm over here going, that is a genre of occult horror, and um, there are spirits that if you call upon them, they would delight in doing things like that to you. But there are also a whole lot more experiences out there, magic of your own, spirits, whatever, that won't do that. Because why would they bother? It's so extra. Um, literally... Uh, one of the things I always tell people is a witch is incapable of casting a spell that is not in her heart. Literally, you have to mean it, Harry. So, you're not going to cause a car wreck unless you were comfortable with a car wreck to begin with. In which case, if that happens, face yourself. Acknowledge who you are. And then, if you don't like it, change it. Work on it. Um, I have never met... I've, I've had a ton of people come to me with these fears that I cast this spell and then my friend died. Or I cast this spell and then my, my buddy broke her arm or her car wrecked or whatever. Did I cause it? And I'm over here going, one does not even equate to the other. Why, why would you think that you caused it? I, ca I cast a prosperity spell and then someone else lost their job whenever I got my job or, you know. Exactly. Like they, they equate that there must have to be some sort of negative... And all to I, balance out their positive. All I can think is, I smoke one alcohol and my arm fall off. <laughs> you know? I'm just like... <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> yeah, like, things don't have to end up... Like, the, the 
I'm so tired of there being such prevalence of stories where magic makes things end badly or like does things in a way that like it would have been better in the first place if they would have never used magic exactly is usually the lesson and or like you know magic is fun but we've but it's got but it comes at a price and we're more comfortable with just being normal sort of messages and they're all boring to me exactly i hate it when people okay one of the worst genres ever this drives me crazy is super magic bitch like you know usually she's about 15 to 17 years old it's a young adult fantasy or something she has super magic powers and all she wants is a normal life and I'm over here going... And it's usually an extremely awkward puberty analogy. It is. And all I'm over here looking, looking at is, there's no such thing as a normal life. What are you even talking about? Embrace how weird you are, because everyone is weird. This is just how you're weird. And it's cool if you let it be. Look, there's even that cute, fun-loving, like, stupid idiot guy who's super charming and adorable, and you should totally be in love with him because he's better for you than dark, broody david boreanaz character over here god get over yourself it's the buffy the vampire trope um it's the it's um robin tunney's character sarah from the craft it's so boring it's uh sally owens i'm like there's no such thing as normal so stop like you're you're boring the fuck out of me because you never you just what you need is a therapist Anyways. Rune, we have wandered into a rich salt mine. We have. <laughs> well, this is a circle of salt, and so we'll just sprinkle some of that into the circle as well. Don't be stupid. <laughs> People, Do you wanna... listen to the podcast and don't be stupid. What? Do you want to try wandering into the next section of the podcast? Uh... Do you think it's time? I think it might be. I think the secrets are trying to keep themselves because we ended up not being in the topic of secrets anymore, and I, I wonder if we can take that as a cue. Uh, <laughs> well, um, actually, I still have a little bit more to talk about on this. Um, one of this, one of the other quotes that I really follow in the realm of secrecy and mysteries and so on and so forth, um, and it sort, of, it sort of runs counterintuitive to a lot of what you run into in the occult, um, is the quote by Herman Slater, years and years ago he worked it into his earth religion uh magazine um and i i probably quoted it before on this podcast but i swear to god i don't remember anything about things that i say sometimes. you quote this one a lot i really so do I kind of pair this quote with you it's a very common quote that a lot of occultists actually like adhere to but i have a certain amount of affection for it um because of personal reasons which i won't explain because it's too too long um but the quote is, guard the mysteries, reveal them constantly. And the basic idea of this quote is... Uh, who said it? Um, it's Herman Slater. <laughs> and um, the basic idea of this is, you guard the mysteries by revealing them, but also by doing so in such a way that people will wonder, rather than think that they're explained. Um Magicians are fond of misdirection. The more flashy or dramatic something is, usually the less important it is. So the more quiet or seemingly mundane an action is, the more important it is. Remember that witches are famous for having 
used um, household implements for their magical spells. They used brooms, they used their cauldron, they used knives, they used um, stuff like that. They didn't use a flowery scepter with, you know, gems all over it. They didn't use uh, a sword because they were peasants, but also because their magic was a part of them, and so they used the tools that they had. Um, when a person says, oh, like, one of the things that drives me crazy nowadays is the athame like the tool the athame like we'll get into this more when we finally do a tools podcast i have more salt about this but suffice to say i find the athame to be the sign of a pretentious witch it's a blade it's a knife and the reason i find it to be incredibly pretentious is because witches go out of their way to buy an odd looking knife that they will never carry around in public because they literally can't because if they were to do so it's usually like above six inches long and so it's one of those things where if you don't have an open carry state and even if you do sometimes they have weird rules about edged weapons um you're not allowed to carry that anywhere if you put it in the trunk it's concealed and now you have a concealed weapon if you put it in your jacket it's concealed and now you have a concealed weapon i know this because i actually come from a state where we have an allowance for certain kinds of weapons and i almost got arrested one day for carrying a wand in a wand sheath like a harry potter wand in a wand sheath that made it look like i had a machete with me Oh. And I pulled it out and wave it around. And I don't know if I've actually told that story, but it's actually very funny. Um, the uh, Suddenly a bunch of rent-a-cops were hanging out trying to like, you know, they were freaking out on me because they saw me waving my wand around and I had pulled it out of a sheath that made it look like it was a knife with a blade. Um, and they, did, they weren't close enough to see. So they got close enough and I'm like, it's a wand, Harry Potter, Wingardium Leviosa. And they were like, what the fuck? And they were just like, have a nice day. And they walked away with their eyes all wide, which I found terribly hilarious. But, um, like, I never stopped giggling about that. But, kind of like, they didn't want to be party to whatever happened next. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm like, seriously, uh, I could have said Avada Kedavra. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing is, Athames are not practical for anything. They are not practical. A witch would use knives. There's historical um, relevance to that particular tool. There is uh, an entire concept of different kinds of edge tools that witches would use historically um, for their magic, many of which were used for cutting things up, like if they were midwives, cutting the cord on a baby. Um, you know, cutting the umbilical cord. Lots of different things that they would use them for, including preparing food. Magic lives where it lives and a witch's life is extra in parentheses ordinary it's that's the way we live um we put the extra in the parentheses and not the ordinary it's it's just it's so strange to me when i hear people you know waving these jeweled scepters around and da 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 da, da and may, thinking that the magic lies in having the object when in reality the magic lies in knowing how the object is relevant and using it properly and realizing that sometimes you won't even need to use the object we'll get into that more with the next podcast um the more flashy it is the less significant it is so um i apologize to any of my followers who i've just insulted because you love your athame sorry guys 
Um, don't worry if you're worried about whether or not I consider you to be like awful and stupid because you're a little pretentious. I am a lot pretentious, just so we're clear. Obviously, I'm not judging you. I think it's important that you, like, because I have a lot of shiny stuff. Yeah, me too. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lump this all into the category of shiny stuff. I have a lot of shiny stuff at all. Some of it has a purpose. Some of it doesn't even have a purpose. I just like, I, I got some shiny stuff, and I was like, I'm setting this aside for when I have a purpose for this shiny stuff. I just like felt that that shiny stuff might work out. Your, so I have like a lot of shiny stuff. Your but office actually looks like Howl's Moving Castle's office, like his bedroom. It, it, it functions very similarly. I know. Um, <laughs> but that's how my practice works. Yeah. It, I, I understand its place in my practice. I understand whenever I use whatever shiny thing I'm using, like why I, it is that I am using that. And I also understand that I don't need this stuff to be able to do stuff. I, I really enjoy using it. It's, it's like magical magpie. It's mage pie. Well, it's like there's there's certain things I can tap into because I get a certain artifact or whatever. But there's some things where I just like the spell feels better to do if I am using whatever shiny magpie thing I managed to snatch up. Exactly. Like there's an important part of you know aesthetic to whatever it is that I'm doing. But I also understand that that's the aesthetic part. Exactly, and the aesthetic is important for the feeling. And we could do a whole podcast on aesthetic. We should do that at some point. But um, the the magic is present and how you relate to it differs based on every different situation so that's the aesthetic it's it's part of the aesthetics job is to distract you from the real magic right or get you in tune with it um because but yeah the, but, but the that real distraction secret, yeah, yeah. The, that misdirection is meant to it deters attention from it, like it distracts attention from from the place that is really important which is that the magic is real and that's the thing magicians who fixate on oh anything tools uh, making sure that the spells are only written in latin or um only working magic that was practiced by people in the 16th century whatever the hell their deal is um like they're focused on the trappings and they haven't actually realized magic is real it's alive it's real it's part of reality it is kind of why reality is reality in the first place like it's what underpins the physics it's called metaphysics because it underpins the physics and um, when we interact with magic, we do so in the way that we do, and nobody gets to tell us what way that is right. It's just that there are some times when people will do certain things that are incredibly extraneous because they believe that they are necessary and no one has ever educated them better. No one has ever told them, okay, guys, your magic feather is not actually necessary in the situation. What is necessary is what this does to you. And knowing that is a mystery. Understanding it means you've experienced it and you understand. Because you can say it all you like, but you won't understand unless you actually experience it. Anyway, um, I believe that that whole guard the mysteries, reveal them constantly thing is really valuable in the subject of secrecy in magic. If a secret has power, that means you're going to want to use that power power is the ability to make something happen you're going to want to use that power which means you're going to need to learn how to reveal the secret use the secret without uh confessing it or letting other people know it and that's what a lot of magic is about um if you know the secret name of the wind and that secret name calls the wind 
because secret names call things that they are connected to. Um, you now know a very fundamental secret of the universe, not just the secret name of the wind, but you also know that there are other names out there that you could also learn. So if you spend your whole life running around looking for secret names and telling everybody you're looking for secret names, you're doing it a disservice because now everybody knows you've got the name of something or you were cottoned on to the idea that names have power. So what we do instead is we, we study other things that might lead us to it, like we're following a trail. You know, we, we become detectives. We say things like, oh, you have a deity? That's interesting. Where were they worshipped? What kinds of, of things are, are known about them? And then you use that information to ferret out the, the, the reason behind your investigation, because maybe you're looking for the secret name of that deity so that you can call that deity for your own reasons and maybe make a connection with them. And that's like a nice version. Like, I'm assuming that my listeners are relatively nice because, you know, I'm not. Um, you might be looking for that name so you can bind it. I don't know. Also, I see some listeners who are unfamiliar with this. Um, the witchcraft community uh, not only keeps a lot of secrets, but tries to discover a lot of secrets. We do. And uh, you will end up with people who are trying to get your secrets. They Yes. And They're by, trying to steal all your Scrooge McDuck gold. You know what? I always try to tell people, like, that didn't work for magic at a spell with the, the lucky dime, and it's not going to work for you either. I'm like, anytime you base your practice off of stolen magic, it's not your magic, so it's not going to work as well as your magic would work for you. So it would be better for you to just learn your magic. And, like, I will speak as somebody who has watched this happen <laughs> when people have tried to take secrets from my practice for themselves and benefit from them. It does not work for them. It works badly for them. They find out that it was a bad idea. <laughs> right. And they never do it again. And my practices' secrets end up keeping themselves. You know, like, I, I don't know that I my experience has given all the way to that for that last part where they will never do it again. I have experienced people stealing the stuff that I work with over and over again throughout my life. Maybe oh, they might steal something else again, but they're not going to try to use whatever it is that they just used again because it just did something really bad to them the last time they did that. See, I think that you just have a better caliber of douchebag in your life because mine are really stupid. They will repeat the same mistake over and over again. Well, I mean, if that's what it takes to pulverize them, that's what it takes. I just, like... I just find it entertaining. I don't stick around to watch for that part. I'm over <laughs> here, like... I, like, I always tell people, if it's something that you can learn and use for yourself, then it's not a secret. If it's being kept secret, there's a reason for it, but that doesn't mean that it's a secret. Um, a, a perfect example, we talked about the Azoisha in one of our other podcasts, and, um, like there's the a spell cast on the book um almost all of the zawanan books actually have a spell put on them that protects them from theft so that if they are stolen the thief suffers but there's nothing in the spell that actually says that any person who comes in contact with this book however it was created um is going to suffer the same fate as the person who originally like made it into a torrented pdf or like printed it out on paper like, and I have proof of that because I've encountered a, uh, a pirated copy uh, that was printed out on paper and read from it and suffered no ill effects. In fact, the book works great for me and works even better for a friend of mine. That's because the material is not itself secret. The material is not secret. The things that are secret are probably keeping themselves because we weren't worthy of them. But the rest of it is fine. 
that's a lot of magic learning how to interact with the things that that you can't understand until you experience their mystery um and are changed therefore versus learning the stuff that people like to keep secret because they think it's super important but actually turns out to be old hat you know just rehashed um a good example of this would be anytime someone keeps their quarter calls secret i'm like okay if you're keeping the names of particular spirits secret that's one thing that's a privacy thing but if you're keeping the practice of calling elemental powers or ghosts or primal animal forces or something to that effect into your ritual practice into your space to empower your magic that is one of the oldest tricks people have practiced ever that is the dumbest secret ever why are you trying to pretend that it's some sort of special secret everybody knows that secret likewise oh we have special holy days that we celebrate that are only ours and that we only celebrate in secret with ourselves yeah okay so in the medieval period the witch's sabbat might have been a secret uh but it wasn't a very good one everybody knew that witches flew out to go meet sabbat and nowadays i literally request sabbat days off from work so i'm pretty sure that people from my old jobs knew that there was a thing um it's only a secret because nobody's telling it so we learn oh there's a special holiday for hecate that you can celebrate in august blah 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 oh okay well that's great it's not really a secret go find the roman calendar you know that kind of thing anyway we are kind of getting off far afield and i'm sorry about that no i think that um there's a difference between a secret and a mystery yes and there is a difference between stuff that is being kept secret and something that needs to be secret yeah actual secrets that keep themselves are different than like someone told me i can't actually confirm or deny the information you're asking about right okay so i think we should move into the next part what do you think yeah let's do it let's do it so we are moving into the divination segment um aka celtic crosshairs wherein we show off how awesome we are by answering questions from our many 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 fans or do we it might be a secret anyways but before we do that felix has some info for you and um that info is not a secret so the info is if you want to ask us questions currently the way that you can do that is to go to circleassaultpodcast.tumblr.com slash ask and there you can ask us questions you will need a tumblr account to do this um we are going to have a form that you can fill out soon to be able to ask questions and and have an email that you can email to um instead of having the tumblr run around and that will be soon um but it is but not I have now not, i have not set it up as of this time in late november however by the time that you listen to this podcast for all i know it will actually be set up but anyway that being said that is how you can get info from us and contact us directly yes okay so we are moving into our divination section what do moving we want on to do? in oh my god <laughs> oh, where is it there it is all right so let me go ahead and grab my divination system yes today's divination systems are a secret a secret as are the questions that we are answering 
And in fact, if we had not made such a big deal about the fact that our divination systems are a secret, you probably wouldn't even have like thought to ask what they were. Indeed. Because it's also a mystery. It's, it's a secret wrapped in an enig- wrapped in an inis- in a mystery um wrapped in and, an enigma yeah secret wrapped in a mystery and folded by an enigma and put inside a cheeseburger that's right all right so i watched jfk recently so i'm like thinking of that one yes black is white people anyways what it's a quote from jfk <laughs> I've seen oh, the yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Up is down. Black is white. We're through the looking glass, people. We're through the looking glass, people. That was like my favorite line. <laughs> I have so many favorite lines in that movie. Anyway, um, I think that that is a good movie to reference when it comes to secrecy mm-hmm. um, and mysteries and enigmas so, wrapped, up, wrapped up in a sausage casing. So, exactly. So, here's how we're going to do this today. We're going to do some readings. We're not going to tell you who they're for because... You and when you hear this, and you may not even have sent in a question, some of our readers or some of our listeners are actually listening in right now, and this reading is for you. You will know who you are. We are not going to tell what's going on with all of this. We're not going to explain anything. We're just going to read, and you who need the information, it will help you. If you think it is for you, well, you'll just have to see, won't you? All right, let's do the first reading. And um, are we each answering for the same querent? No. Okay. Because, like, we could. We could, but why bother? I know it would work. Of course <laughs> um, if you want to, I can, but, like, it's not necessary. Yeah, let's not do dueling banjos this time. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. Except with card shuffles. <laughs> All right, I I will proceed first if you want me to. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so our first querent, um, I come to you with a message, and that is, just go do it already. Oh God! I it's like the eight of swords, and the eight of swords is swiftness, but it, it, like the here is just like a simple message of go forth and do the thing, and it's not a small thing. Like you have some sort of big major endeavor that you're supposed to be pulling the trigger on. Um and go it is time to just get gone and um get in charge of it and make it happen and like it it's your time to to be the boss of this whole shindig apparently because i just got the emperor so um yeah and whoever this is relevant to just get her done okay so for the second querent we are reading for, let me see here. My first querent is. Hmm. Mm, I see a snake with two heads, and they are fighting with each other. They will fight with you if you draw their attention, but otherwise they fight with each other. They are trying to mislead you because they are afraid you're going to take away the sustenance and support that you have been giving them. And by the way, you should, but you should do so without giving them any clue that you're going to do it. Just seriously pull up the red carpet, roll up the sidewalk, and close the doors. Don't offer them any more support. 
Um, I also see that information about this comes upon a cloud, like the cloudy day. Um, it threatens to rain, and there is water, but it is not rain. I don't know what all that meant, but I'm sure you will. I have a note to make about the reading that I did. Sure. Um, the first card was the Eight of Swords, but um, the for whatever reason, this deck makes it look like the Eight of Wands. Oh. So while I said, like, swiftness, go forth, do the thing, um, it, probably it's a thing that you're afraid of doing. Mm. You need to stop being stuck and just go do it. Yeah. The only thing that holds you back is is your fear of what's holding you back kind of a thing. Yeah. Our tax, get out of the swamp. <laughs> there you go. God, that was a depressing <laughs> reference. Felix! <laughs> it's the sword suit. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> All right, so what is the All next? Right. Next reading. You do I next am series. going to answer for the person who is represented by the card on the bottom, which is on the floor. Um, Yay, the floor, the floor card. The floor of Kill swords. on the floor. Everybody do the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I keep on forgetting everybody walk the dinosaur, but I can never actually understand the lyrics on their I don't care. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty funny. So the Four of Swords. Um, do you feel like you're just nailed in your coffin? This is for you, dear listener. <laughs> um, well, first off, you already have um, successes behind you that you should be celebrating, or like it feels like you should be celebrating, but... It seems like the rewards are being reaped by a, a person that is benefiting from your successes, and this makes you unable to really savor them. Mm. Um, so, um, that is the state of things as of now. The advice being given... Um, You're going to need to approach a benevolent female figure. A benevolent female figure. And file a complaint. <laughs> and file a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like an HR problem. This is the Empress. Uh-huh. Um, and she will sort it out. Um, Felix. Yes? That's a secret. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> you're not supposed to tell people what you're reading with. I didn't say... Like witch tarot. That's true. <laughs> I've been talking. I've been giving card names all this. I'm time. gonna laugh if you're not reading tarot at all and you're reading a Pokemon deck. I mean, you just don't really know what it is. Really, that I'm doing this could over be here. the Empress. It could be the Empress, and you're like, this could be a cipher. It's Empress Clefairy, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, she's going to have to sort it out for you, um, because like this, this. The situation where somebody is benefiting from your successes um it's a bigger deal than you feel like it is like it's a bigger deal to other people than you mm -hmm. um you may f want to stay quiet about it because you don't feel like it's important for you to get credit for those things for the successes that it's important that you get the reward from them like you you, you feel like that would be egotistical of you or something mm -hmm. um but it's very important that um, 
things not be happening the way that they are currently happening. Um, and it is perfectly fine for you to kind of get a backbone um, <laughs> and stand up for your stuff. Like, that is not just acceptable, that is right. And um, it needs to be sorted out. It is perfectly fine to bring it up with the figure that you need to bring it up with and have them sorted out. It is a real problem that needs fixing, and it impacts more than just you. Um, so there we go have fun with that <laughs> okay so my next reading is actually for someone who has sent in a question to us at some point I don't know when per se but the cards made it very clear oops I said there were cards I guess no one's going to be surprised by that are they anyways um, so the uh, the reading specifically says that this is going to someone who has sent us a question already and the answer to your question is the two of you have a bond but it is not the kind of bond that you are thinking it is um you specifically your relationship is a little rocky and you have not tried a romantic relationship in the past because of it so you should keep that in mind because that hasn't changed you should also note that you're feeling drawn towards each other or you're feeling drawn towards the other person or, or like you guys are being moved towards each other, not for reasons based on romance or love, but rather reasons based on necessity and, and requirements of your of your circumstance, problems and things that you're going to try to fix with this, and it is not going to be fixed. Um, the, the recommendation on this is that you wait a little while and give yourself some time because in a year all of this will be over anyway you know like maybe a little less than that um in a turn of of the tide a turn of the time uh you will see that that things will change and that it may not necessarily be in your benefit to have made more permanent arrangements by then so there you are all right i guess the one that i'll do will be the last one that we do sound good sure and it is a mystery who it will be for until I draw the cards. Alright. So for our last reading. You are someone who pours your heart out for other people. Aww. Um, sometimes not to the benefit of yourself. Well, I would assume almost never with that. By the way, don't like, do that. Uh, <laughs> It, it often, like it, it, it often would. It's just it's gotten to a point where it's dysfunctional. Mm. Um, like you're, you're out of balance when it comes to this particular trait right now. All right. And so, give me a moment to read this little thing here. you're gonna reach a point where this no longer works for you basically if you keep doing it to the point where it's drying you up then you'll stop being able to do it until you correct yourself um, you'll basically you will hit a barrier at some point if you try to go further with this mm-hmm and it's kind of always going to come up. Um, not every single time that you 
try to pour your heart out for you know someone or a cause or whatever but when you do it to a, a point where it's going to to impair you to hurt you at some point it's going to dry you up mm-hmm. um when you hit that wall if you hit that wall um if you end up there at that point you need to remember that once you recharge you need to stop doing this yeah <laughs> remember that compassion fatigue and burnout are a real thing yeah and so you, you need to take care of yourself like none of that can come out of you unless you take care of yourself one of my favorite things felix says self-care is magic it's literally magic if you've not seen this post it's a very short one that i have on tumblr and um self-care is magic um you yourself like your mind um your body and all of that are your most important magical tool because you are absolutely essential to you doing magic mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. taking care of yourself is taking care of your magical tools and therefore self-care is magic literally the end <laughs> all right well that about wraps us up doesn't it doesn't it though yeah so i guess that after we wrap this up um you and i can talk about um like that big secret message that the order sent us yesterday i wonder if anyone will ever figure out what this podcast was really about yeah well you know if they do they know where to send us the information it's true um and until then dear reader the one reader out there i know that you've already solved the cipher may the circle of salt protect you mm-hmm.